Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, standing six foot two, three hundred pounds. He's climbing, folks, from the south shore of Nassau County, Long Island. It's the number one football, Johnny. All you gotta do is trust me. Jackson Maine still making an appearance. Also not making appearances, Arthur Gabris, my nearly silent co-host. He's hanging in the living room, who is making an appearance, and this time I am actually recording his microphone, so it will not be a super weird audio contingency from the Hot Tubs episode of High and Mighty, where everyone probably knows him from. Improv Everywhere is Charlie Todd. Gabriel, so excited to be back on the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you back on the show, Charlie. Very nice to hear your intro in 1.0 speed, because I usually, you know, I'm like a 1.5, 1.7 podcast guy. Are you really? Oh, yeah. You got to speed it up. No, you do not. No, you do <laughs> yes, not. You do. Are you serious? Oh, I, like, man, tweak, I speed everything up. I tweak audiobooks up to like 1.1 if the, or 1.2, depending on the speed of the reader, but never podcast, especially like that. That's that stresses me out. You're wasting so much time. You could get so much time back if you just bumped it up a little bit. <laughs> I don't I don't know about that. That doesn't seem like now because then it just seems less relaxing and it seems like I'm like trying to process like I like the passive passiveness of uh of podcasts like, there's I like could... well there's certain podcasts that i that i like feel like a chore and i definitely speed those up like i still listen to real time with bill maher as a podcast i've like grown to hate bill maher even though like i feel like <laughs> in the 90s i loved him and i loved real time when it first came out but he's just like become more and more of a cranky old man but you know, yeah i'm, I don't I'm know up what... to almost i'm almost 2x on him right now <laughs> You just hate listening at two times speed to it. <laughs> well, my wife and I still listen to it because, first of all, we don't watch it. It's a podcast and we skip all this comedy bits. But it's like one of the few shows where people like actually talk like people and, and discuss issues. So, yeah, it's, it's such you know. a it's such a weird show. I love that show so much uh, when it first came out. I loved Politically Incorrect. And then I loved his I love real time for so long. And then he just got like oh. weirder, weirder and weirder. Like, I, I want to say he just got 
old and in like a cliche way he got like i don't understand you don't think you don't you don't think i'm funny with this joke well it's on you guys the audience yeah. like a classic comedian's viewpoint <laughs> oh yeah yeah i mean for years he talked about how colleges are terrible because they're not laughing at his jokes anymore whatever anyway uh yeah. enough about him speed your podcast up just a little bit just a yeah. little bit it's not a full chore I mean, if, for you. If I'm listening to like Radio Lab or something, and somebody's like, you know, sound designed the podcast, then yeah, yeah that's sure. fair. That's fair. That's like a one point two. Do you watch? Do you watch uh, TV uh, like streaming at like uh, at higher speeds? I wish I could. Um, I know there was like a TiVo model that came out uh, that I never owned. Uh, but our mutual friend Jubin Parang has it. And this, he speed- that's the dude I'm thinking yeah. of when I say he this. He speeds up TV. And when I, would- I, I thought that was insane. He speeds up TV and puts closed captioning on and just like blows through it, right? Like I I wouldn't speed up, you know, Breaking Bad uh, right. or, or The Sopranos, you know, but I watch a lot of like, you know, MSNBC or news or I, I would, I, there's a lot of things that I wouldn't mind speeding up that I watch. Okay, but that's not, fair. Not, not fiction. Uh, the one thing we don't want to speed up, though, is cars. Is cars? They're too they, damn fast. They are too. <laughs> they're too big. They're too fast. They're dis- They're stressful. They're disgusting. I I I like to call this out a lot of times when we're talking about cars. Like ten years ago, maybe longer, back in the day when our mutual friend Dominic Dierkes used used to do more stand up. He had a bit in his act about like hundreds of years from now, people asking and like. And you guys just like drove these 5,000 pound death machines like, oh, yeah, like 80 miles an hour, you know, uh, all over the place. Oh, really? Yeah. And yeah, no, when you were 17, you had to take one 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 hour test to get (laughs) like everything about cars. When you start to think about it, it's like, oh, and it carries about 20 gallons of like the most flammable (laughs) combustive shit on Earth. It's like everything. The more you hear about cars, the more you're like, wait. Cars and like meat eating and like our cell phones and alcohol, like in a hundred years, kids are going to be like, I can't believe our, uh, you know, it's going to be like the way people took opium as like medicine for yep. us. We're going to be like, I can't believe people were doing that shit. I think that's the, the, the answer to that question of like what, you know, our future generation is going to look back on and think, what the hell were they doing? I th- I think. Killing and eating animals is probably one of them. Um, I I rarely do that. Used to do it. <laughs> Used to do it a lot. Um, but I'm I rarely most... kill the animals anymore. But I'm still eating a shit ton. <laughs> I, I'm I'm vegetarian, like uh, except for like three times a year when I'm in South Carolina, and there's no other option. Um, but uh, but I I think the big one is cars. The fact that yeah, that's exactly right. They're they're you know two ton death machines. Uh, Seventy nine people have been killed by a car in New York City this year alone. Uh, Eleven last week. So, you know, it's 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 an epidemic. Uh, if there was something else that was killing the number of people that cars kill in a year, it would be, you know, be on the news all the time. But I mean, it's just how, like we shut in. down sm- we shut down smoking like when it but like you're right. Year after like it's like heart disease is a number one killer of men besides car accidents. So men, uh, uh, here's diets, <laughs> here's medicine, here's this, here people, right. here's this, here's what you. The number one cause of death in so and so is this. Say no to drugs. Drug overdoses are killing our kids. Blah blah blah. Drinking and driving is bad. It's like, and it turns out driving itself is fucking bad. Guys. Yeah, and, people, and accidents happen. Like, I, I'm not even saying like to blame, but if I feel like our our like a accepted margin of error <laughs> the accepted level of margin of error has skyrocketed where, where if <laughs> if someone gets killed by a car it is is not on the news 
That's no. that's not a, that's not a news story. That's it happened eleven times last week, and like the blogs that I follow that cover like what's wrong with cars and the anti the anti car Twitter that uh, greets me on my timeline because Twitter algorithmically knows that that's what makes me angry and sends me every day. <laughs> you know, I, I find out about it, but in general, it's not it's not making the local news because you know an eighty year old woman was trying to cross the street and somebody ran a red light and killed her. Uh-huh. And and the way you just talked about it, the the language is really important too because you said car accidents, right? And that's what we call it. when someone gets hit by a car and dies. It's all always an accident. Now we might, somebody might go to jail for the accident. Probably not. Generally, if you want to murder somebody in the United States of America, run them over with a car because you just say it was an accident. The cops will rubber stamp that and report to the media that it was an accident because cops are all wrapped up in car culture too, and they don't enforce. And then you're not, you won't go to jail. Um, it's a crash, right? That's that's a big thing in the, like the safe streets movement is to get people, especially the media, to say crash not instead accident. of accident. Uh, like, okay, yeah, know, because it's because we're not saying like it's not oopsie. We're yeah, saying, it's not like, like I I shot someone. It was an accident. I didn't know that the gun was going to go off. Right. It's like well, you were going eighty in a forty, so that's the equivalent of aiming your gun at someone. Right. Right. So yeah, I mean that our whole our whole culture is just. Um, geared towards the car. And it took me a long time to realize that. I mean, I live in New York City, so I'm very lucky that I don't have to own a car. And I live in Manhattan, which is an island in New York City where only 22% of the people that live in this island have a car. And yet, even here, we're still completely dominated by the car, and we give over almost all of our public space to the car. Dude, you're you're singing my fucking song right now. I am in this... I recently, I mean, not recently, a couple of years ago, learned about how new construction in LA has to include uh, uh, square footage for a parking space per yeah, mandi- unit. Mandatory parking parking minimums. So yeah. if you're a broke person who wants to live in the heart of the city and be like, I don't, I, I don't want to bring a car. I think I could do everything on foot and like not have to have a car and save money, uh, they still will have to pay for a parking spot premium because now you're now your little eight hundred square foot studio is now twelve hundred square feet because you got a fucking space on P four in your fucking building tower. Yeah, and, and we have we have a housing crisis in America, right? We have right. a homelessness crisis in America, particularly in our cities. And think of all of the apartments that could be built in the like P one, P two, P three, P four parking deck. Uh, that's you know the first four floors of a building or underground in a building. Um, it's ridiculous, and like the amount of space that cars take up. Um, it's it's just it's it's so baked in, and people don't think about it. But like if you start to look at Google Maps of cities and just notice how much of a city, especially suburbs I'm talking about mostly, uh, are car-centric cities, are parking lots. It's ridiculous. And like, look at look at like Dodger Stadium, for example, and see the square footage of Dodger Stadium and how big that looks on Google Maps and how many people, what is that, 20,000 people in Dodger Stadium, 15,000, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And then look at the amount of space to put the 20,000 cars around it. It's like 10, 10x the amount of space required. It's so I, fucking... And then... And it's really visible in that Google map of Dodger Stadium because there's so much park space near there, too. But yeah. you just see the concrete fucking beach just like eating into it, too. Yeah. And then and think about housing and think about all of the parking spaces, whether it's vertically, but you know, underneath the building or, or whether it's ad- adjacent to it. Like, just think of all of those being homes. And and yeah, it's it's not. Look, some people want to buy an apartment that has a parking space. I get it. There's parts of the country, most of the country, where you, you for whatever reason, you have to have a car or you think you have to have a car. But we should not require builders to have to build a certain number of parking spaces per unit. 
Right. I agree. I also think like, I and everyone, everyone who listens who doesn't live in like a major city right now is like, oh yeah, easy for you guys to say, mother. And I, yep. I, I understand that, but we're saying everyone should have more opportunities to not use their car at totally. minimum. At minimum, let me come from that direction: is that it should be slightly easier to live without a car. Now I know everyone's like, but I need a car to survive. But what if you didn't? How much yeah. more money would you have to yourself? How much more? Uh, you know, like if if you didn't, if there was a is if there was a very thorough bus system in your in yep. your town, like and you didn't need a car, and like like just imagine that, like that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying like get rid of your car. It's like it's impossible for me because I have to. I I get that, and there'll always be yeah. reasons to drive. They'll it'll always have to have like that. I get that, but I, I'm saying like just imagine a world where you could drive less. You could just be like. Well, it's not ideal, but I'll take the bus two days a week just to not, just so I could play my switch on my commute rather than driving. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. And one thing that that I've learned, you know, it's easy to like, oh, hate on drivers and Americans are so stupid. And it's like, don't hate the people that are forced to drive because of where they live. Hate their elected officials who have built that city and made it the way it is. Hate hate the leadership who is not working towards public transportation, who's not getting rid of parking minimums, who's not providing dedicated bus lanes, um, and and who's not allowing development. I mean, so much of the like, you know, NIMBY movement of people not wanting new housing in their area is because they don't want car congestion. They don't want more people on the streets. And, you know, if we could if we could build new homes that don't have uh, you know, parking spaces, then that's not going to add to congestion. And the the amount of places in the in the country where there should just be like apartment towers like there are in Manhattan, um, you know, anywhere in your transit. Like you look, I mean, you're the Long Island expert, but like you go to like Long Island towns and Westchester towns and places that are in Metro North, Long Island Railroad or New Jersey Transit. Like there should be massive amounts of housing next to every train station there where you're it's just- It's so you know, crazy that the Long Island Railroad, like they have their little towns, but- that, that we're opening up a whole can of worms. God forbid you told like someone who lived in Rockville Center, Long Island, which is like a, a very expensive neighborhood that is like four stops from Penn Station, like a 25 minute. Uh, uh, if you get an express, you could be there in like 20 minutes, 25 yeah. minutes from Rockville Center to Penn Station. And it's a very expensive neighborhood. And if you put like three apartment towers there. And then, like, built up a walking area around there where people could live there without cars, the way Hoboken or Jersey City was for us New York City people for a while. Yeah, like, and everybody doesn't have to live there. Like, no. it's not going to be for everybody. There's some people who are going to need to drive there, but there's a lot of people who want to work in New York City who could live there. And if you had mixed use development where you have housing on top, but you have a grocery store in the bottom, you have a brewery on the bottom, you have your dry cleaner, you have all the things that you need, uh, then these people don't need to own cars and they can live in that downtown core and, you know, get an Uber if they're going, you know, need to go to a park somewhere uh, else in the community. I'm seeing some shit like that. I I, uh, I was traveling around the country a little bit uh, this year and in Atlanta and some other of these uh, cities that are uh, these growing cities, like a lot of neighborhoods in Atlanta are like feel very uh, college campusy mm -hmm. where like but like for like hipster post grad um, uh, uh, move out of your parents house neighborhoods like like. You know, like a sushi restaurant, a coffee shop, a gym, and then like a bunch of apartments over it. And then like the next block over is two different restaurants, blank, yep. blank, blank, with a bunch of apartments over it. And they're all like kind of 
similarly styled and there's like a big shared park in the middle and with like and with like for do- walking the dogs and like dog poop bags and I'm like that's that's the f- cuz the world is so expensive. Housing is so ex- everything is so expensive. If we could eliminate car payments for some people, even you know, or gas, insurance, uh, maintenance, yeah. like c- cars, cars eat so much of our money. I think so I mu- think it's something like it costs ten thousand dollars a year to own a car, um, like just yes. just with with the maintenance and gas and everything. Um, but yeah, I was I was just traveling. I was in Nashville um, for the first time, and there they've had so much development. Uh, they, their bike lanes are still bad and they have zero public transportation, but I was pretty impressed with a lot of the new neighborhoods that they are building like mixed use stuff. And you brought up college. And I think that's like such a great example. Like everybody looks back on college of like, this was an incredible time in my life. You know, it's everyone's favorite years. And what, what was great about it? Well, you lived within walking distance of every friend and acquaintance. Uh, you could go, you know, get drunk, do drugs, whatever at a party, walk home. You can there was get tons food. Of- you can get food in your pajamas. You could like, uh, like and a lot of that is just proximity and that's because college campuses are built uh like especially in the northeast in like poor neighborhoods and become these uh, or poor cities and become these oasises mm-hmm. oases whatever <laughs> they become these nolan liams and it's a huge fucking <laughs> it's a huge fucking like space and like parents are like i sent my kid i want to go to i want them to go to someplace where they don't have to leave campus to do but even in those college towns leaving campus because businesses will go there's five thousand people that live right here in poughkeepsie we should put a deli here a bar here and then like one of everything yeah and but that's if we build a, a city center where 8,000 people can live and it's affordable, all of a sudden someone's going to be like, well, I should open up a fucking Thai restaurant there. I should open up my fam, my, my ethnicity's cuisine here. I should open up my, uh, this store. I should like, I could bring a, a role, a, like a board game store here. Like we have to like activate that. And yeah. it, it, it's all, and it's all weirdly tied together. Like I'm, I've become so disillusioned with money in the last couple of years and like how it is truly like, going to be the thing that undoes us all. I mean, I'm not saying anything special here, but like it's, you're all in on Bitcoin, right? You, you I'm, oh, that's everything. what I'm saying. That's why I'm, I'm all I'm, <laughs> when I say money, I just mean currency. <laughs> I'm all Bitcoin. <laughs> I think I haven't checked my numbers in two days. I, I hope nothing has happened. We are recording on May 10th after the dip. Hold. hold. Um, yeah. I, I mean, my, my frustrations in college, like were you know, my junior, senior year when I lived off campus and I remember like, you know, oh, where am I got a park? I like, and eventually I got a bike and, you know, I hadn't, and you know, biking has completely changed my life. Um, really in the last 10 years in New York city, it's just opened up the entire city to me, but you know, you, you bike as a kid, right? You learn how to ride a bike when you're in like first, second grade or whatever. You bike around the neighborhood. Hopefully you live in a quiet, you know, classic American suburb where there's not that many cars. There's no bike lanes, but there's not that many cars so you can bike. And then you get too cool for it in high school. And I revisited in college just because I realized like, well, it's a 30 minute walk to get to campus from my off campus apartment, but I could bike there in six minutes, seven minutes, whatever. Um, and I moved to New York, and when I moved to New York was was in summer of 2001, and there were very few bike lanes, um, and it just felt dangerous, and it was only like you know guys with messenger bags, uh, you know, delivery like, and gauge earrings, and those guys were yeah. always like those fucking they're like uh, you know skate or die, they're like uh, video game characters. Those yeah, <laughs> yeah, hardcore messengers. You know, before there everybody had email and they had to like send documents around town, um, and and delivery guys 
uh, as well. And, you know, it just, it didn't even occur to me that I could bike in Manhattan. Like that seemed insane. And it, but also it just seemed normal to me that like 8th Avenue had six lanes of traffic. Like, you know, oh, that's just what it is, right? right. This is Manhattan. Yeah. It's the big city, lots of cars. Not even thinking about the fact that like 80% of the people that lived in that community did not have a car. Um, and finally, when I lived in Queens, I was like a 15 minute walk from the train and I ended up like getting a bike on Craigslist and I would just like bike to the train and back. And my bikes would get stolen because there's no secure bike parking, but it was still worth it. I just buy a new bike on Craigslist for 50 bucks every six months to be able to do that. But really what changed New York City for me was in 2013 when City Bike started. Um, yeah, I remember you were one of the first adopters. Uh, I had already I still moved have at like this the, point. Yeah. I have like the white key because I was in the first 1,000 people. Like the day they announced it, it was like, oh, this solves all of my problems, right? I lived in an apartment where I had no you way, didn't have way a space to, to own a bike. Yeah. 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 Because that's, like, that's my current situation. And because there's no safe bike parking anywhere and no building has like, well, of course we have some bike storage and like a bike rack for people if they want. No, of course not. Yeah, I mean, that's now a coveted amenity in Manhattan. Like, all the luxury buildings have, like, substantial bike parking um, for residents, you know? Uh, but at the time, I had, you know, no space at all to store a bike. And I was like, oh, this is incredible. The, my, my bikes are just all over the city, and I'll rent them whenever I want to. And leading up to 2013, um, Mike Bloomberg's uh, Department of Transportation Commissioner, uh, Janet Sadek Khan, was just a complete revolutionary. And she added all these protected bike lanes all over the city at that, you know, we still have a long way to go even now, nine years later, but it, she she made it where it was possible, where it, it's a really simple fix. It's like you have a bunch of cars parked on the curb and then you have this crappy bike lane that's super dangerous in between the, you know, the car, the parked cars and the moving cars. Just move the parked cars over and you can create a, a parking protected bike lane. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, until a cop uh, parks on it, it's, you know, it's pretty good. Um, but I just immediately getting on a bike, I saw the city from a different perspective and I realized, you know, how how quickly I could get from point A to point B. I mean, I lived in Williamsburg. I know you lived in South Williamsburg for a while and I lived there too. And the thought of like going to someone's party in Park Slope was like, oh my God, Forget how am I going to do that? Like, yeah. I guess the G train could maybe take me there or I could take the J into Manhattan and then transfer to the F. It's I've I've done the bike from like Williamsburg. You can get from Williamsburg to Dumbo in under ten minutes. They are so close. You just have to go through the Hasidic neighborhood, at which you know otherwise you would never go through because they look at you funny. Um, but it's like the, the everything your your whole sense of geography changes when you get on a bike. Yeah, I I, I agree wholeheartedly. I lived in like uh, Western Carroll Gardens over by the East River for a number of years. My gym was in Park Slope, and I. Like of I never had a bike in New York. New York City it, like scared me too much to have a because uh, it, it makes sense to be scary when you do it when you go to in two, in the mid two thousands it seems daunting and then I was just like you know I lived near uh, I forget which one that went cro like I feel like Henry or something had had a bike lane a protect yeah. like a green lane going all the way back and a different and DeGraw had it coming back some whatever the two were uh, and I was like oh I should just get my bike from my mom's house and I could ride this, I could ride this path. And that, and, cause I was walking, I was taking a crosstown bus, the B 71. And like, and I'm like, <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm like, well, let me get the, I get on the bike and it's 10 minutes. And I'm like, well now it's winter. That's crazy. I'm not going to ride my bike. And then I'm like, well, what if I just bought like under armor and I w I'll have to wear it at the gym anyway. And I'll just like get gloves and a hat. And then it's like, all of a sudden now I'm like, it's not that crazy to ride when it's freezing cold out. I and, Nick, and now all of a sudden I'm like, oh wait, I'm, we're going to a party in Park Slope. Well, I'm going to ride my bike all the way over because now I know my two. And I, you know, 
you start treating it like when you first start driving and you only like pre G we started driving pre GPS where you're yeah. like, okay, I, I, it's time for me to go to school. And you're like, Belmore road, bell tug. Like you like you know like the four turns you have to make and that's how I felt early on with the protected lanes I'd be like okay that why well, I, I could take this one for as far as I pop and now every time one of those new ones pops up it just like when you yeah I mean it, it used to be like you know I used to bike down from you know UCB Chelsea to UCB East Village and you know there's one way to go I'm gonna take Ninth Avenue all the way down I'm gonna get onto Bleecker which is not a protected lane but it's pretty good and that'll get me over there and now. There's a protected bike lane on 7th Avenue. There's a protected bike lane on, on 6th Avenue. There's, you know, Crosstown protected lane on 26th Street in front of UCB Chelsea. Oh, uh, shit. One going the other way on 29th Street. Uh, we have Crosstowns at 54, I'm uh, sorry, 55th and 52nd. So, like, you know, it's it's getting better every year. Um, there's still problems with, you know, people parking in them, um, often cops. Um but you know, it's it now. There's a lot of choices to get from point A to point B, and it, it it feels less like well, if you follow this one magical path, you can not die and get somewhere, and and that's been you know completely revolutionary. And isn't it crazy how many cop cars there are in Manhattan anyway? Based on like, like it should like based on proximity to everything. Like it feels. You can't get somewhere that fast in a car in Manhattan. I know. I know. <laughs> Even with the siren. Like, you know, like there, there's gridlock frequently. It's like there should be bike cops. And I, I, don't, there, there don't are, catch me. Like, we should take away their them. money so they can only afford bikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you'll see the bike cops every now and then. And it's like, you know, when I see them, I'm like, yeah, I wish I wish that every cop had to like do uh, you know, a, a year on a bike just to like understand what Feel it's like what to be that cyclist yeah. and to be more connected to the community where, you know, you like when you're cycling through town, you're, you're, you're part of it. Like, you know, at, at a red light, you might, you know, say hi to another biker. Like, I mean, I was, we just released uh city bike, just released like the 2.0 of their electric city bike, which I think is completely revolutionary and game changing. Well, and, that's uh, the next step. Sorry to jump in yeah. here, but the e-bike is like the next step where it, like, if you're like, I don't have the physical capabilities to ride yep. a lot. And you're like, that's true for so many people. And now it's like, there's a, another way to, you know, stem that tide of, uh, like limiting who can use it like yeah it's that, a it's a, and, and limiting and also people who just like i want a bike but i don't want to show up to work sweaty right you know i don't I, or i want a bike but i don't want to bike over the brooklyn bridge or the manhattan bridge and now with an e-bike like you can you can show up to work you can wear a suit and you can bike to work and maybe not in july but most right. of the year you can bike to work um and and you show up fine um so you know that that's I, I, you're right. I think e-bikes are going to change everything and they're exploding in popularity. I just, I have a cargo bike and I just converted it to an e-bike, uh, this winter and it's been incredible. We have, um, so you have so an e-cargo bike, you throw, I, throw the fucking, the boy on there and scoot both around. Both boys. Both boys. You, you, you can get them both on it? Yeah. So, what, so. <laughs> That's amazing. So city bike was really what, you know, got me biking. And then when I had my first son, uh, eight years ago, um, when he, I guess when he turned about two, uh, I realized that, well, I want to bike with him. Um, and so I bought my own bike for the first time and bought the child seat, just a regular acoustic bike uh, with, a, uh, you know, just one child. <laughs> so I started out. I love that term, acoustic bike. Uh, but, you know, like Unpl that was like- Charlie Todd unplugged, brother. <laughs> you got to get the live album, man. But that, that was like- that was such a game changer for me because, you know, when you have a kid like, you know, you're parenting with someone else and um, it was like such a win-win for me. It's like, I get to go on a bike ride, which I love doing. I'm getting exercise. 
which I need to do. And I'm also spending time with my kid. I'm giving my wife a break. And it's just like, everyone is winning here. My kid loves being on the bike. I'm getting exercise. I love being on the bike. My wife loves that we're not home. Uh, Were you you scared at all at first of that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was 2000 and probably 15 or 16 when I started doing that. Um, And yeah, you know, I stuck to only like the green paint protected lanes. I live in Hell's Kitchen. So Central Park was pretty close. So most of our rides were just going around Central Park. But like, just as a parent, it expanded my kids world so much. Like when you live in a city, you have like your radius, your like stroller radius. So where you you can't like bring your kid like you don't hump them up and down the stairs and down a crosstown bus or like all that shit. So you're like, okay, here's your here's the pizza place you like. That's two blocks away because I'm not taking you any further. Yeah. Yeah, And you can get on the subway. But you know, our subway is not accessible enough and we don't have enough um you know uh elevators so you have to like carry the stroller usually that's like a two-person job um so but like biking like we used to go to like the playground in central park that was closest to us and then when i got a bike i realized there's 30 playgrounds in central park and they're all different and they all have different you know features and quirks about them and for like a three-year-old like it was amazing like what part you know what playground are we going to go to today dad oh, um, that's so cool uh I, what what does did uh did he have a preference what like what was like a, a a toy or a thing he liked about like what what would what would make a playground win in that little uh you know there's one up on like 103rd on the west side that has uh, a bunch of tunnels in it he really likes that one oh, that sounds cool because that's that's not a classic park thing it's not a classic uh playground thing is tunnels that's awesome but- I just I did so much with him that I would never have done without the bike. Like we started swimming in the pool up in Harlem, like at the the very northern part of Central Park. Um, there's a giant pool, and you know I never occurred to me that I could get to a swimming pool in 15 minutes. Uh, you know where I was living, but we would just right. hop on the bike and go swim in the summer. And it's you know it's one of those like giant Olympic sized pools or maybe bigger than that I don't know where there's like a thousand people in it, um, but it, an amazing experience and we you know we would do that multiple times a summer. Then I had kid number two and I you know right around, our kids are four years apart so right around when my first kid was getting too big for like the standard child seat I had kid number two so I bought a cargo bike and my oldest just sits on a pad. And there's like these monkey bars around the bike where he holds onto. And then my youngest is in a kid seat that's also on the bike. So I'm able to bike around with both of them. So <laughs> that's you know. so cool. And I started, I started uh, my second son a little earlier. I think by law, you have to wait till they're one. Um, really, it's just when they can like hold their head up straight and not yeah, like so they're you know, not so that they around. can wear a helmet without like blowing out their necks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I started biking around with both of them. And you know, and I we go to we go we go all over the city. And now my my oldest is eight and my youngest is four. So they were getting a little too heavy, like, especially for my wife, even to bike one of them, uh, on the cargo bike. So I added a motor to it and it's like our range now is just insane. Like I took, uh, both kids on two separate trips. I individually took them to Coney Island within the last 10 days. Um, like, <laughs> and, I'm, live, and, and, and where do you live? You still live, you live in Hell's Kitchen. I live in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you got to Coney Island, which is cartoonishly like if, if you were in Hell's Kitchen and someone said there's a party at Coney Island no way. and you had to never, take public, you would go, I'm not going no fucking way. Like I just not getting yeah. public trip. And it's not crazy on, I mean, it's crazy on a bike, but it's. It is it's a little gorgeous. crazy. It yeah. is a little crazy, but it's a great time. I mean, yeah, for me, for to get to Coney Island on the train from where I am, it's it's an over an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, to get there on a bike, it's an hour and a half. But it's an hour and a half. Like I chose to do it at a time when it was sixty five degrees and there's no humidity and it's a gorgeous day. And also, I'm talking to my kid the whole time. 
like that's that's the other game changer about biking with with your children is like you know they're trapped they got to talk to you and yeah. you know and, and and they love it too so and there's stuff to talk about because you're in new york city and like constant you know, fucking stimulation as you drive yeah, yeah biking through these neighborhoods in brooklyn that i've never i've i don't never been through like borough park um or you know parts of bay ridge like i'm seeing it all for the first time too and there's like freestanding like mansions there and you know pointing it out to my eight-year-old like wow isn't this crazy? This is the same city that we live in. And like, we all have vote for the same mayor and like, they probably have different opinions on cars than we do. Don't you think? <laughs> um, but like, you know, I, I, I rode a roller coaster in Coney Island and we went to the aquarium and you know, it was, it was a hard day, but also with the motor, like it, it really wasn't like yeah. that, that hard for me to do. You just got to like, uh, eventually get home and, and let your scrotum settle from all the vibration. Like, <laughs> You know, I had a vasectomy, so it's you know, oh, whatever, it doesn't even matter. Whatever I'm rip. killing down there, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's fine. But oh yeah, I run the microwave for hours in front of my lap now with the vasectomy. Not you, you can do anything. I'm like, I don't know if it works like that, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, just keep punch your balls more. Like that's fun. A lot of things you can do. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? Because that's what they wanted to do. It's a business scam. It's part of their plan. It's like the gym membership thing. They hope you forget and you just pay for months and months and months. So don't let these greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want, need, or simply forgot about. On average, people are saving up to $700 a year with True Blood, with True Bill, not True Blood. True Blood is probably saving, you know, vampires from having to, you know, uh, kill people. But more importantly, True Bill knows that it makes companies make subscriptions hard to cancel and they make it incredibly simple. All you got to do is link your accounts to True Bill and, and True Bill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your True Bill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has helped over 2 million users save over 100 million, like a uh, testimonial from Matthew B. In seconds, he saved $600 a year on his DirecTV and $120 a year on his SiriusXM bill. Damn. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash mighty. Go right now. Truebill.com slash mighty. It could save you thousands a year. It's springtime. Spring has sprung. And who better to get you in your stylish essentials perfect for this new season than Mack Weldon. They got their daily wear system where all the clothes work together. And they also have ace sweatshirts because we're in that season now where it's maybe warm days, cold nights. So you need to be able to mix and match. I highly recommend Maxwell Mack Weldon's ace sweatshirts and sweatpants and sweatshorts. Their Atlas collection. Uh, I'm kind of racking up a fair amount of Mack Weldon stuff in my house, and uh, I love how soft they are. And look, I'm supposed to be talking about the jogger and the jackets, because which are all super comfortable and very and water resistant and eco responsible fabric. But for me, got to talk about the underwear. Solid underwear too, man. The Air Knit X, comfortable as all hell. I walk miles in them all the time. Do yourself a favor, get down with the. Look, they, listen to Ace Sweatshirt, Atlas Jogger. Get yourself taken care of. So all you got to do is step up your daily routine. You don't want to miss these. Check out Mac Weldon for yourself and save 20% on your first order. Visit MacWeldon.com slash Gabrus and enter promo code Gabrus. Again, that's MacWeldon.com slash Gabrus and enter promo code Gabrus for 20% off. Find your perfect look for this spring. 
we were going back and forth as to what to call this episode. We were saying like, you know, fuck cars, cars suck. Uh, yeah. You know, alternative modes of transportation. But really, it just feels like something like there's like a default path in life where it feels like because of, you know, uh, Pattern road, desi- road design, like road design, uh, uh, civic design, everything leads you to be like freedom equals car, car yep. is status, car reflects you, all different types of cars, and like that's all priming you to need a car, to wanting a car, but then you also need a car because every job is so far away, because every because the way everything's like it, it just feels like we can break that cycle. Uh, yeah, pun, I mean, in, pun intended there uh we can nice, break nice. the cycle with just like offering up other opportunity like someone just mentioned like i live near melrose and santa monica boulevard it's like it's crazy it's crazy that, that it's not like there's no residences on like melrose on like this stretch like there's barely any residences it's all stores that, and that's like a commercial stretch with like one story tall stores yes exactly yeah. and that could be apartments all the way up the top but even before that it can have a fucking bus li- it can have a trolley car down melrose based yeah. on like because it's all jump on and jump off it's like fou- and it's like the fact that that doesn't exist that there's not like it and you know people are like well the bus is a nightmare i'm like well if we made the bus better like if it was if 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 more people wanted the bus to be better and there was a protected bus lane and buses move fast, you might be like, fuck it. I'll just do hop on, hop off rather than bring my car. Yeah, and well, move it well, three times while shopping. A couple of years ago, we got rid of cars on 14th Street in Manhattan and it's just buses. Um, bikes are allowed, too. And cars are allowed for like local deliveries like you can get on 14th Street, but you have to make your next right. Like, you know, you, you can go one block, but then you're supposed to make a right. And there's like cameras i think the buses have cameras in the front of them and as you get caught like being in front of a bus for multiple blocks you get a ticket in the mail but you know everybody was like oh it's going to cause gridlock in all the neighboring streets and it didn't and it just created like a nice pleasant 14th street and then uh, it was going to be done because they were going to shut the l train down for two years and then like cuomo had some like weird band-aid that he put on the situation that hopefully (laughs) fixed it um and it ended up being like oh we don't actually need to shut the l train down for very long but everybody he he was grabbing at straws to try to (laughs) get some people he's like like, uh, look, okay, I'm Italian, so I'm getting a little handsy over here, but I'm also <laughs> getting a little handsy with the L train, and I fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, everybody was like, the 14th is great now. Like, if you're, if you're by Union Square, like, the other thing that changed uh, when the cars left is that it got quiet. And th- there's a saying in, like, you know, anti car Twitter, which is cities are not loud, cars are loud. Right. And that's one thing that the pandemic told us, like there, there were all these stories of people who, who, you know, live in whatever neighborhood in Brooklyn. And they're like, I hear I'm hearing church bells that I've never heard in my life that are like a half mile away from me. But I've never heard them because of, you know, the, just the constant baked in den of car noise that we all just accept in our cities. Dude, in like month two of the pandemic, Los Angeles was visibly clearer. Right, you like, can see mountains you, can you didn't see know about. Mountains. It's yeah. like, guys, that is like, you, like that should be like when you used to be. A, if you used to be a smoker and then you like quit and then you notice how yellow your walls are or something, and you're like, <laughs> right. okay, well, I should never smoke in the house again. Like that, like we we should have been like 
see that and go, fuck, we should chase this forever. Like we have to breathe that. Our kids have to breathe that. Their kids will have to breathe it, breathe it. It'll be even worse. What like what can we do? We have mountains and oceans like within our eyeline in, in almost every direction here. By we the way, I look I looked it up on Google Maps and you can get to Santa Monica Beach in uh, fifty six minutes on a bike from uh, your neighborhood. Yes, you can, but it's, it's. I'm sure it's not a good bike lane. No, it's all Santa Monica Boulevard. That's a thing. Yeah, it is, yeah. and like it, that is you could technically do that, but that's that's and that's the other thing. Biking is so not a part of Los Angeles that the the drivers aren't versed in it yet. Yeah, either. they're not. That's, they're that's not looking out the pro- for them. Yeah, yeah, that's part of the problem too. Because I I'll go as far to say, um, in the last ten years, call. Cars aren't looking at cars in LA. If I can speak to LA specifically, cars aren't looking for pedestrians. They're like right. getting adjusted to pedestrians now. Like people, I'm constant. Like I never felt like in New York. I always felt like like you know, you, like the driver looks at you. You look at the driver as you cross, and we're like, we yeah, you gotta LA, make eye contact. Gotta right? make eye contact in LA. People are like, you know, hitting the fucking pop and roll at the stop, and and they're so not ready for people to walk. When I was training for a half marathon and jogging through the neighborhoods, I like pe- people almost hit me like multiple fucking times. And I rode on roads that had stop signs and lights. Like I, I wasn't trying to fucking right. cross at random spots. And I still almost got creamed a handful of times. Yeah, it's it's, like, it's so funny when New Yorkers are are people who are cyclists and pedestrians like are traveling to other cities. Like I was in LA, I'm staying in Koreatown and I wanted to go. Uh, to my friend's house in Burbank, and I was like, ah, and there were like free bikes at our hotel, and I was like, oh man, maybe I could do it. And I was like looking up the route, and it was like going along the L.A. River, and I was, you know, finally I was like, nah, I'm just. Well, that's there. the L.A. thing too, because you look it up and you're like, oh, it's five point eight miles away. That's not that's an right. easy bike nothing. ride, and then you're nothing. like, you look at how you have to do it. Like it's five point eight by the crow flies, but if you want a bike, you're gonna have to get on what this that. It's such it's it fucking it's whack and. It's so easy to fix. Uh, in the last, like, it started during the pandemic, but Tiff and I have kept it. We we go to so many restaurants, like, and we stopped during the pandemic. Uh, and then we start, you know, it comes back. Now we're going to restaurants again. But we've made a pact that we have to go to, we can't leave town, like, can't leave our hood for, like, two restaurants a week. If we right. want to go oh, to oh, a so second you, so you restaurant, walk. we have to walk to one. Yeah. So that's great. We're like, there's enough places within like a six block radius of us that we haven't tried. And we've been living in the same apartment for 10 years. We could, we could fucking, we should get to these places. So every weekend we walk and go see a movie and then like walk to a different restaurant. There's nothing better than having a great meal and then walking home, right? Just being, being able to walk off the meal. Dude, there's, I, and me as a stoner, I don't wanna have a car. I want to get high on my walk there, eat food, maybe have a glass of wine with dinner, maybe have some beers, and then walk home in the breeze. And look, New York makes so much sense to become a biking city because of population density and uh, it's dense, it's flat, it's flat. There's not a lot. There's uh, not a lot of people do drive. You don't need to go much further than a couple of miles uh, often. L. A also has the power of being Southern California weather. It's yeah. at the most, it should be the, 
It should be so obvious. It never rains here. We should it, we should we yeah. should be biking all the time. You have you have biking weather year round. I know. I mean I, I mean I, I bike year round in New York. Like I mean to your point earlier about like buying some under Under Armour or whatever. Like yeah, you just have to have the right clothes. And if it's below like seventeen degrees, then I'm I'm not gonna bike. Right. Um, it sucks to do anything if it's below seventeen yeah, degrees. And, like you yeah, know, that's that's gonna be four or five times a year. I'm like you know what I'm gonna take a subway uh, to get here. But in general, like, I rarely take the subway. I mean, like, no one took the subway during COVID, but it's like, yeah, I don't really take the subway anyway. Like, you know, I, I almost everywhere I get, I, and I'm not biking just, like, out of principle. It's because it's the fastest way to get there. I mean, in general, usually in New York City, the fastest way to get somewhere is the subway, and that and that's still largely true. But biking, it's it's the same way, like... When you're getting into Depending a car, Depending on what neighborhood you're in and what neighborhood you're going to, a bike could easily be the faster method than Yeah, uh, you're going you're subway. going the most direct route generally. And that's another thing I love about bike like commuting like times, you know, I work from home a lot, but uh, when I'm going into the production office that I work with or if I'm if I'm working on a, a, a show somewhere and they have a production office in another part of town, like I, I know, like once I do it the first day, I know exactly how long it's going to take. And it's yeah. going to take that. There's never traffic. Like traffic doesn't exist. I just, you know, blitz right. by the traffic. And the it's not lane. like uh, it's not like you're waiting at the corner of 14th and 3rd and your bike doesn't show up for 40 right. minutes like a subway wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're city biking and if you get a flat tire, you just dock your bike in the nearest dock and get another uh, bike out, right? Uh, yeah, and you're not waiting at like, oh, there's a problem in the subways today. Like, there's just there's there's no problem. Like, it's the most dependable way to show up somewhere on time. Um, and like, I, I was working on this MTV show a few years ago, and it was like the first time, one of the few times um, where I've had like a steady like office gig because I, I mostly work from home with improv everywhere stuff. But you know, and that was a hard adjustment for me to like be working eight hours a day on a show. But like the the greatest joy was I biked five miles down there and five miles back along the West Side Highway to get downtown every single day. And I knew that like during that time, I'm not checking Slack. Nobody's bothering me. No stress. All the stress of the show is gone. I can listen yeah. to music. I can listen to a podcast or I can just have my own thoughts. And that's like just the joy of of being on a bike is something that you know. I know people. That, I guess when you're in a car, you, you you have your own music, and you you know you're in your own little climate controlled uh, cage. No, there's an appeal but, there, but that we're also talking like we're uh, I, I'm we're in our forties, and like you need to get a little cardiovascular in yeah. your life in order to like keep uh keep the lights on and keep yourself your mental health like above water. So like. Get, Getting like an accidental ten miles of bike riding in it, not accidental, but like a in like it has to happen as, as part of your routine. Yeah, like if, it, it, yeah, it took me no extra time in the day to get right. that. Yeah, you just added fifty miles of biking to your life, like that yeah. week, which is a huge value to your heart and longevity, and for you, but also that unwind that like breeze on the face. I'm like, I, that's why I love the walk home, and like I I want to be a bike guy. But I, I'm. It's too scary here for me still. Like, yeah. Especially in my hood, I don't have like a place for it, and you know, shit gets fucking jacked all the time over here. But I hope to someday have like, I, and I also don't have a thing that's like far away that I do frequently enough where I'm like, or, or like up, like. I always said like, oh, if I had a thing that I did regularly that was somewhere, I'd be like, maybe that's what I always bike to. Like that's yeah. what kind of what the uh, uh, CrossFit was in Brooklyn for me. It's like I'll always just bike there at least. I, when when I, I, when City Bike first started and I first started biking, you know, really for the first time in the city, like I was just dying to have like things to go to. Like I would say yes to like 
some you know, very questionable UCB East bit show at 11 o'clock at night just because it was like, oh, I want to bike there. You know, yeah. I would say yes to my friend's party and, you know, Fort Green that normally I'd be like, I don't want to deal with the the F or, or I guess that would be like the Q or whatever. But, yeah. you know, just like, oh man, that would be fun to bike over the bridge. I want to see what that's like. Um, and it, you know, but I, I know, Gabrus, you've been like really big on walking like since the pandemic and I have too. Like, um, in addition to, you know, biking for me is like, when I want to take a, like a really long, crazy ride with my kids. But like, I, I also just, I get to, I've, I, starting the pandemic, I get 10,000 steps a day, minimum, um, average around 13. And, and my son who is eight, like he will go on a 12,000 step day, you know, morning walk with me, no problem, you know, and he's eight. And like, I think like, that's a real most kids, like, yeah, they're, they're going to soccer practice and they're going to run around. They're going to get a lot of exercise for the hour that they're doing that. But otherwise, they're being, you know, chauffeured around in a car from point A to point B. And, you know, and then they're at home or at school. And just even the fact, like, I, I walk my kid to school and back in the morning. And when I get home, I have 3,000 steps just from that morning walk. Because yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going, we're going like 10 blocks there, 10 blocks back. Um, I, and it's I, like uh... such a lifestyle improvement. I now, again, this ties into being older too. You know, I have, my, I have monthly prescriptions that I need. Um, I only walk to my CVS. I like, and it's about a mile and a half away. And I'm like, because that's something that you have to do like once a month. And I'm like, okay, when uh, I'll save, it's this week that I need my prescription. What day do I have the free? And I will turn it into a nice long stroll. Yeah. Listen to an audio book. It, it's, that's like my version of meditating. It's just nice. Cause like, Put, I put my phone like in a bag so I don't even have it in my pocket. Oh, like Siri, cool. Siri can read me some text, but that's like less of a problem for me. Than, oh, the like, text just in your ear when you're on a long walk and you get the Siri reads the text in your ear. It's great. It's like, okay, I don't need to respond to that. <laughs> yeah, thank Good you. Good to know. If I'll, I do, I'll be like, you know, I'll ask, I'll ask Siri to hey, text Siri. my wife back and tell, I keep walking. Hey, Siri, tell Ben Rogers, uh, yes, I, I can push it back a half hour. <laughs> You got to get uh, my my other superpower in the city is having a stroller. Um, you know, sometimes with a kid in it, but sometimes like I'll just take my stroller to Trader Joe's. Um, you as know, like it's, it's, as your granny cart. As, as much, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gra granny cart would be the more traditional thing that a New Yorkers would have, which is like a you know little metal cage like push wheel thing. But and I guess when we finally get rid of our stroller, I might have to get one of those. But yeah, I mean, I can, I'll get. 5,000 steps just walking up to Trader Joe's and Whole Foods and Target and just, you know, doing my errands. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then you get a great. little extra, a little extra juice as you push that stroller back, you know, you <laughs> like hip drive, you get, get down, get locked out, <laughs> push it like a sled, like you're fucking an offensive lineman. Yeah. And I, and I would say like there are people listening to this, you probably, probably 90% of people listening to this are in a place where it's like, they're not about to give up a car. And right. they think they think you know. And we're not says, asking them to either. Like, right. I don't, like, but, I don't think that's. We should consider. Fight. Yes. Consider sometimes not using a car. Like think about it. Like it would it be possible for me to ride a bike uh, to dinner, or you know, would it be possible to get a cargo bike? Like, do my kids go to a neighborhood school and it's like less than a mile? And could I? put my two kids on a cargo bike and go drop them off and then go on yeah. an exercise ride myself for, you know, an hour and be home and have my exercise done for the day and never had to have gotten into a car. Yeah. Um, I, I say that a lot to people who are like, I'm like, uh, I have to drive my kid in the morning. We just never have time. I'm like, and why? Like, 
could you make time to imagine like the power of walking your kid to school like of like that's guaranteed 20 to however long it is you got to walk home you can put on your raunchy podcast for the walk home and engage with your kid on the walk there you know like and your kid can do, walk, by the way like, do you have any good raunchy podcast recommendations uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I listen to uh, Ron Jeremy reads the news. It's sort of like a, a like it. it's like the Daily, but it's Ron, it's Ron Jeremy, <laughs> and he kind of just is like grunting and squealing through all of it. But my, no, like my time with my kids in the morning, walking them to school is great. You know, it's yeah. it's just they hold my hand. Even the eight year old still holds my hand, and and you know, talking to him. And I, I guess you can talk to your kids in a car, but there's just the stress of like ah, oh, the fucking red light and traffic, and you know, just it's, uh, well, it's just you're no part stress. of two. You're part of two worlds if you're like trying to be in the car. Well, that's like that's something I've learned over the course of the last couple of years. Like that, the walking to the movies and the walking home from dinner is part of the date. It's part yeah. of the night and it's arguably an even better part because you're just like looking at houses and complaining about McMansions or saying like that, mm-hmm. look at that cute dog. That's a it's, d- like, it's like constant just- stimulation and things to talk about. Like w- during the pandemic, you know, as we've all been avoiding being indoors, um, you know, less so now, I guess, for better or worse. But, um, <laughs> you know, when, when people would come to visit New York or if I wanted to hang out with friends in New York, I would always suggest a walk. And like the the walking hangout with a friend, it's it's so great. Like we have this like thing like, oh, if you want to see someone, you got to go get coffee or you got to get a beer and, you know, or get lunch and that's the rule. And like, sure, those things are all fine. Um, but like me, like I, I get 10,000 steps a day. I'm going to go and walk for like an hour, hour and a half every day. And if I can do that with Will Hines because he's in town, yeah, um, then- it's just a great way to catch up with someone and like the conversation is just so easy and it's so natural and like there's not like loud music playing at, at we should the, just the stop here and say it's not actually easy and natural to have a long conversation with will hines but while walking <laughs> it's very easy will, you know, will do his best to just make it as uncomfortable as possible <laughs> may, well it was easy for me but yeah sure <laughs> yeah you and uh, will get along a little better than me and him no, i know you guys have a history uh but yeah i mean like you know i mean next time you're in town we'll walk through central park i've got a i've got a great route through the ramble i also just love like playing tour guide like i i I, like have this it's probably actually a terrible job but i as you've talked about on the show many times like everybody in entertainment has this like well if all of this fails i'm gonna do x or y and mine is like i'm gonna be a bike tour guide and you know to take people around central park because i see the people doing that and you know it just like i mean you would be absolutely perfect for that because you're fucking smart eloquent funny like you'd be perfect for that and your love of bikes that's the other thing about walking around neighborhoods and not driving or maybe this works for biking too but specifically for walking i feel it you start to notice like smaller things like yeah i I, you you miss whole businesses in these like strip malls when you're driving but when you walk you're like what is this place what is this uh and like in la too there's like you know weird old buildings and there's like businesses that have been around since the 70s and you're like xyz productions or some shit you know like you're like <laughs> you're like i gotta google that when i get home there's just yeah, so much there's, cool there's shit that you miss new. yeah yeah i mean you know my kid and i were walking through central park last weekend and there was like some french tourists like taking pictures of something and freaking out and i assumed it was a squirrel because that's usually what they take pictures of we turn around and it's like a fox in a hole in the middle of a tree and it was like the most coolest thing that we had ever seen that's fucking true like magic that's like yeah and and also and even like urban environment like my kids into street art you know 
just because he's exposed to it all the time and he like recognizes like certain stickers that we see all around town and just like being able to like con- just just being able to walk and answer his questions and point out architecture and point out you know different features of our streets and you know why it might be ridiculous that we give all of our curb space to people that park cars and move them once a week for alternate strike parking and you know just like giving him an education on the world versus just like you know him being on a nintendo switch in the backseat of a car hell yeah come and i'm saying hell yeah as a guy who just flew on a plane while playing nintendo switch the entire time for and i'm 40 uh i which is Go something back. you can do on the subway, you know, yes, or and on a you can bus. do on the bus, so, like yeah. you were saying. Or uh, you can sit down anywhere and do that shit. Uh, I'm curious about 14th Street with the uh, lack of cars. Did did we did you see an uptick of people walking cross town on 14th? Because if I had to like, if I had to cross town, you know, when you're walking in Manhattan, you'd like. If you have to go across town, you'll do it at whatever street you the lights on your side. You know, you're just trying right. to rip rip it over. But I'm like, if 14th Street's gonna be carless and shit like that, I will fucking slowly like I would I would go out of my way to walk down 14th Street. And it's like you know, people so getting often, on and off buses. So often when there's like proposed road design changes in New York and I'm sure in other cities around the world, like there's this first like immediate backlash of like, well, you're going to take away parking spaces and build a bike lane. I don't know about that. I'm a local business and people need to come here and park their car and go to my local business. This is going to be terrible for business. It's like, no, you have like two parking spaces outside your business. First of all, if you got rid of a parking space and put up like a bike rack, you could fit 10 bikes in that space. Yeah. But if you create a place where people want to be, where people actively want to walk around that's not just like four lanes of traffic and two lanes of parked vehicles and six lanes, if you actually make it where humans can walk and can bike, then you're going to have so much more foot traffic. You're going to have a more vibrant neighborhood and it's going to be better for business in the long run. And every time, like they put in something like that, that, you know, it's it's there forever because everyone's happy. Yeah, and that's like that's what they were trying to do with Melrose. They had like an idea for like green space down the middle, a dedicated bus lane. And I, and people are like, no, I want to drive through. I'm like, even if you owned a business, I can't tell you the amount. Like anecdotally, how many times have you? Dr- for my drivers out there, how many times have you been like, oh shit, I've been meaning to go to that. Oh, there's no fucking spots. Okay, I'll hit it yeah. up on the next time. Just blow past. Like, yeah. And like Americans will, will you know, think about like all of the cities that you visited, like especially if you've ever gone to Europe, like Americans will, will go <clears throat> over to any city in Europe. They'll go to the center of town where there's the high street where it's all pedestrianized and it's a big, great outdoor mall and you can walk everywhere. You could go on a bike tour. You know, you can go to Copenhagen or Amsterdam, these places that are just like complete bike culture and everyone bikes and love it and then come home and you know go back to your suburbs where you're you're living next to a six lane highway with a best buy that has like four you know, the size of four best buys of a parking lot in front of it um, even even and- when people visit other like when my mom visits another town in in America when she's like oh we're going down to Ocean City or or Palm Beach or uh, me and the girls we're all going to Nashville whenever my mom does something like that and and I'm assuming my I'm using my mom as an example because she's basic AF like she's mm-hmm. just a sixty year old upper middle class woman. Uh like what else? Like 
they go to a town and they go like, it's great. You're like, what? there's this one strip where all the restaurants and all the bars are and there's right. like no cars and the streets are closed. You just walk around. I'm like, we could have that everywhere. That could <laughs> literally be everywhere. Like, you yeah. know, pe- pe- people go to Disney World and it's like, it's so great. Like, you know, you walk down Main Street, USA. It's like you could just, you know, you just, you're walking and you're around people. It's like, yeah. yeah that doesn't can, have to be like a manufactured fantasy land. We could build that in our cities. You know, I mean, my, my whole job is doing things in public spaces and, you know, staging, um, you know, comedy stunts in public spaces. And I, everything I do requires foot traffic. And I produce things in LA like every couple of years, but every time I have like a commercial client who like wants to make a commercial in LA or somebody who wants to shoot a television, you know, a bit for a television show or a promo or something in LA, there's, there's literally like three spaces in all of LA that work. It's, that are like I, shared spaces. And they're, yeah. they're all malls, right? Yeah. It's like the Grove, the, the Grove. <laughs> I guess the, the Americana is the, yep. the other Grove. And then there's the, Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica, which is also uh-huh. an outdoor mall. And then like yeah. maybe the Santa Monica Pier, maybe the Venice Boardwalk, maybe Hollywood Boulevard, but that's a bunch of people dressed up like Batman. Yeah, and I was like, about to say, Venice, Venice Boardwalk and uh, Hollywood Boulevard, be hard pressed to like stand out as something unusual in the improv yep. everywhere way. Because yep, be like, totally. no matter what, you're like, I got 11 guys dressed as minions and no one's reacting because they're the least crazy people here on Hollywood prob- Boulevard. <laughs> the problem in LA too is that all those crazy people in those spots, like they... They're so everybody's so industry savvy. So they're like, they're not signing a release form. You know, they're they're they'll try to extort you for money if they're in the background of your <laughs> yeah. of your hidden camera video. Yeah, they know but, you know they got their Taft Hartleys and they're trying to make an extra uh, buck. I got it. <laughs> but you know, it's great to go to the farmers market in the Grove. It's really pleasant to walk around there. What what could it be? What could it be about all of these areas? It's because there's no cars at all, and you can just relax. You can walk. You can go get an ice cream. Go to the Apple Store. Your kid, your you kid know. could run three feet away from your hand, and yep. you don't feel like that's the out. last time I'm going to see them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, kidnappers exist, but obviously, like, you're not worried about like a fucking bus creaming your kid because you stepped out of the Madewell jeans store too quickly or whatever. Yeah, uh, exactly. I, 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 I don't understand like why any person would be against. Like, no one's even saying like we're going to take your cars away. And it's like, all we're saying is like, we're just gonna make it easier for people to not drive. You can still drive everywhere. You can still have that fucking giant pickup truck where the grill is at my shoulder and I'm 6'3". Oh my God. And like the grill is at my height. The I call those things the fucking protester mowers. I just saw so many people get those things in the after 2020. And I was just the, like, these the motherfuckers. Size, the size of vehicles is is out of control. I mean, I, I, I always like just choose like when I'm doing Hotwire or, or wherever or Priceline, wherever I get my rental cars. Uh, I always just choose like least expensive option because I don't care, especially before I had kids. Like I didn't right. require anything, and I would always, you know, I'd show up in in Columbia, South Carolina, where I'm from, with this like tiny little like compact Hyundai car. Hyundai accent like, with like yeah. uh, with roll it out uh, manual I can, windows. I can, yeah, I could care less. Like well, I'm just trying to get from the Charlotte airport to home. Like I don't care what size it is. Give me the cheapest one. But like I would always, you know. My family would always be like, oh, yeah, cool car, man. You know, there's just like, 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 I don't, who cares how big your car is? And it's gotten, and that was 10 years ago. And like now the size of SUVs, it's like, you, you'll see, you know, you can 
look up images that are popular again on anti-car Twitter of like, you know, four-year-olds standing in front of these vehicles. And it's not just- They're a blind spot for like six feet. Yeah, it comes up to your shoulder if you're standing next to it. But if you're a kid, yeah, you've got to be like six, ten feet in front of it before you're even visible to the owner of the car. And like, and who is own who? What is this person doing with this car? They're going to the Whole Foods just like I am, you know. Like, right. they're, like they're not actually, uh, you know, there's driving so many to the people top of who the need cliff. Pi- there's so many people who need pickup trucks for their jobs, and then there is an even more amount of people who have pickup trucks and do not need yes. them at all. <laughs> yeah, and even if you need a pickup truck, do you need a pickup truck that's that big? Does it? Need need to be like that high off the ground does it need to have a grill where you literally cannot see human beings unless they're 10 feet in front of you and then this this also like like again this is coming from a city perspective an urban perspective but then you get all these big cars and if they're street parked now like the street is an entire blind spot yep pulling out of a driveway if you have two fucking you know forerunners or whatever giant ass fucking cars you can't see left to right you got to keep creeping out further and further from the driveway other cars can't see you and i'm talking about being in a car if you're trying to step out across the street with your dog on a leash and there's two seven foot cars blocking you i'm tall giant and dressed crazy all the time and cars (laughs) still don't fucking see me half the time you know what i mean like yeah it's it's you wear reflective hawaiian shirts around i I know i wear (laughs) exclusively neon sunglasses and fucking floral print hats these motherfuckers should be able to spot me and forget about the suvs and the cop cars that are parked illegally like in the crosswalk or like right next to the crosswalk and you know i'm pushing my stroller like kid first like poking around like i've got the walk sign but yeah right, you like oh, you're, you're good right uh, yeah. jumping back to what you were saying about uh car crashes not car accidents but uh i also i've read the re- uh, seen the research on like car crashes used to not be as deadly yeah because people are going faster and they have bigger vehicles they have bigger stronger like more like fucking they've protester mowers they have these giant fucking things and people and the cars can drive even faster and i'll even go as far to say it's like people we all have to the reason we all have to drive fast is because if you're 10 minutes late to your doctor's appointment you don't get a doctor meeting if you're 10 minutes late to work you lose money if you lose money your kid doesn't eat like we're all everything's so we're we're also scheduled within an inch of our this is me getting on my socialist high horse here but it's like we're all trying to fucking make it some like everyone and everyone's in a rush because everyone's life is is dire we're all like trying so it's like i have to get and it's like i think that causes road rage that causes people speeding when they can't like god help you if you're on melrose or santa monica when there isn't traffic you're like oh this is so nice but then other people are like going 70 miles an hour i'm like and i know i cross those streets with headphones in and a joint in my hand and i see other people going 70 miles an hour and god I don't even want to get started on how cops drive company cars, even when there's no sirens on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, during the pandemic, there was just, you know, dr- people were literally drag racing in New York because there, <laughs> there were no cars. And, 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 and like, everyone's gone crazy. Like, I don't know if we, we all, our, our country's gone crazy and, uh, you know, everybody's so pissed off and, uh, you know, in their corners. And, but also just like the pent up, like, angst from the pandemic is just dr- like the road rage is completely out of control. But like, to get to your point about like people who are like, 10 minutes late for their dental appointment or for work or whatever and like bitching and like furious about traffic like uh, it's another like saying in the anti-car world which is if you're in traffic 
You are the traffic. You're right. not stuck in traffic. You are part of the traffic. You're cre- you helping chose, create traffic. Yeah. You chose to drive today, and you are creating traffic are just as much traffic. as anybody else around you. That's what um, I was going to get to. I was going to say, like, if you're a driver who's like, there's, you should be even more pro non-car options yeah because it'll free up the fucking highways for driving (laughs) exactly well you know next year allegedly finally we're going to get congestion pricing in manhattan do you know what that is yeah i think there some uh london has that right and it really worked for them london has it i think there's a, a sweden has it um whatever the big city in Sweden is. Um, But uh, yeah, there's like a few cities that have done it before, maybe an Asian city too. But uh, yeah, New York, we were supposed to have it like now, but the pandemic delayed everything. And then Donald Trump's uh, like Department of Transportation like slow rolled it and wouldn't wouldn't, like fill out the forms for a couple of years. But allegedly we're finally going to get it, I think sometime next year. And basically you're going to have to pay like 12 bucks to enter Manhattan south of 60th Street. And, you know, as someone who lives just like five blocks south of that, I'm very excited about it. I'm hopeful that, you know, I, when I when I do walk my kids to school, I'm going to be able to hear them a little bit better because there's not noisy, polluting cars everywhere. And um, everyone's honking because everyone's stressed because they're all stuck yeah. in traffic because they're participating in it. And and the money is going to be used uh, almost exclusively, perhaps exclusively, towards public transportation and the MTA specifically. So the money that we're generating is going towards making the MTA solvent so our subway doesn't have to raise fares and so so oh our, you know the service can improve there. What's so, going you know, on with the subways? Update me. Yeah, people are. I, I'm hearing. My anecdotally from my friends that the subways suck. Less and less of my friends are using subways. Yeah, using- I mean, I, I wasn't using the subways a lot before the pandemic. Again, because I bike or walk everywhere, and I'm just lucky that I work from home and I live in Manhattan. But you know, I, I take the subway every now and then when I need to get somewhere a little further away or taking the family somewhere, and I think it's generally fine. I mean, the ridership is not back to what it was because you know I, I live pretty close to Midtown, where people still aren't coming back to work. Um, and you know, slowly in the hybrid model or whatever, that's starting to come back. I think like 3.5 million people a day are using the subway now, which is a lot lower than it was in 2019, but it's, it's, it's inching back up. Obviously there's been crime problems. There's been, you know, people, some, some high profile cases of people getting pushed in front of the subway or other violence in the subway. But in general, I, I feel like all of the reports of like New York city being like crazy dangerous and out of control is over exaggerated by you know fox uh, news and we're getting news we're getting that a lot here in la too yeah. people are like there's yeah. roving gangs robbing louis vuitton stores and stuff people are saying that and also I'm and like, it's more like instead of like 2019 crime levels we're back to like 2015 you know yeah but like but if you look at the chart of like where we were in the 90s like it's just like <laughs> yeah it's this it's nowhere in, oh in and crime was down in the pandemic weird <laughs> yeah i know i know yeah we're all also, like now that we're like emerging from the pandemic, like people's lives were like completely disrupted and people lost their jobs and their careers. And like, yeah, there's pe- there's desperate people and there's there's crime. Shit, shit has got and going past crime, like just overall overall energy. I've been you know in a lot of uh, airports and uh, public spaces, like waiting in line oh, for yeah. cars and baggage claim, and the energy is just a little more. The intensity is just ratcheted up a little bit, and maybe yeah. maybe <laughs> I'm feeling that just via anxiety. But I just did like ten weeks on the road traveling all over, and it felt like. Was everywhere. some of that was some of that after the mask mandate? Did you guys fly everywhere or did you drive? We flew we flew everywhere. So uh, were you were you doing that yeah. show when the like mask came off on the plane? Uh no. We uh, actually yes. I had flown to Hawaii with a uh, mask and then before my flight back 
uh, they it got was rid of lifted. it. Yeah, yeah. I just, just wore like, it. I just wore. I just heard an announcement on a plane that was like, "Now, just a reminder: masks are optional, and uh, well, let's make sure to respect each other's choices as to." what they choose to do. And I'm like, oh my God, now people are getting yelled at for wearing masks. I've never understood that. Like if you like have some sort of like weird thing where you just can't, you don't want to wear a mask and you feel like your face needs to be free. Well, that's idiotic and selfish and horrible, but like to actively to care about mad other at someone people, for yeah. wearing a mask, like you don't know what that, that person might have the flu. They might have COVID, you know, like just let someone cover their face up and well, move I, on with your day. This this is where this is like what my brain you're you're tapping into something that's really on my mind lately is like okay, you think abortion is murder. Fine. Don't ever get an abortion. <laughs> I disagree with you, but fine. Don't get an abortion. You're right. And, and also get a vasectomy, you know, or, yeah, or, you or use, fucking... use, use methods of birth control that are, you know, 100% and there are yeah. not a lot of them. No, vasectomy is a way to make sure you can do direct deposits uh, worry-free for the rest of your <laughs> lives. But, like, I get it. If, uh, if, you, if you believe abortion is murder, I cannot wrap my head around that idea. But if you believe, if you have that backwards-ass belief, just live by it. But to say, like, Hey, I have this belief you have to live by it is wrong. Like I get not wanting to wear a mask. Wearing a mask sucks. But I'm never going to get on someone else's case for wearing a mask. No, I'm like <laughs> thank you. I don't want your fucking germs. Like, yeah. like, like even if it's a cold. <laughs> right. I mean, I I since like since March of 2020 I've had one cold. I and know. it's Dude, been incredible. I used to have one every like 6 weeks. I say this all the time now, but like I flew a bunch and wore a mask all the time. I used to fly all the time for work and I would get like a congested or a sick after every flight, after yeah. any cross country flight, I'd be like, Oh, I feel like start wearing a mask and maybe it's placebo or whatever, but I don't feel like I've gotten as sick in the last. I, I, I didn't, I flew so much this year and I didn't get sick. It's, there's just so much toxic masculinity with the mask stuff too. We're like, you know, like nine out of 10 people who couldn't wear a mask properly over the last couple of years. Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's men. It's like, you know, it's, it's not that hard to wear the mask over your nose. And there's so many men who just like, oh, I just can't quite figure out how to get it above my nose. And like, oh, right. it's just so hard for me. It's like, gay to fix my mask. It's yeah. Like, what? And, it, and <laughs> okay. it's, and it's the same thing to tie it back. Like the same thing with like the perception of like driving and cycling. Like the, the fact that we live in a culture that like, if you are in this like big, massive gas guzzling cage to go to target and i'm biking with my kid on my back and i'm you know on an acoustic bike and i'm like you know i'm 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 out here exercising you're exercising you, you're adding no carbon to your uh like you're getting fresh air you're getting vitamin d and this but the idea and, that and like you're a the, like, man a, re yeah, a real yeah. man is inside a <laughs> ford raptor going 20 miles over the speed limit at, you know it's just like, no, I, I don't know, you, man. man. I, I'm out here like working my fucking body and I'm getting hoping, in shape. I'm, I'm thinking young people, like, I mean, I don't want to put any more pressure on young people, especially oh as someone God. who's they not let raising us, they it. Keep, they keep letting, letting us down, the young people. But Yeah. I mean, eventually they're going to tell me that they, they don't even know who Nirvana is, despite wearing the t-shirt. Uh, I just, I feel like eventually it's going to be, the cooler thing is going to be the person who is not destroying the world. Like, yeah. I just feel like and, it's, it's, and by the way, so, so little of our conversation for the last hour has been about climate. Like, that's just like 
for for me, that's just like the bonus on top of it. And obviously it's actually the most important thing. Right. But like not only is getting around by walking or biking or living in like a dense urban environment where you don't need a car, like fun, like easier. You can get drunk or fucked up at a party and not worry about killing yourself or someone else. Yeah. Um, it's more, you know, it's, it's exercise. It's it's, 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 it's exercise. There's like so many great things about more it. more likely to see a beautiful person, um, than, uh, on foot than you are in a car. Yeah. Stumble, <laughs> find, stumble upon someone, you know, and have a fun conversation, make connections, see new things. All of that is just, you pet know, dogs like this uh, shit. Pet, yeah. Pet dogs like crazy. And then on top <laughs> of all of that, it's like, and not destroy the planet. Right. Like it's, it's there. It's, and, but, Again, to go back to the money shit, it's like all at the top level, like car people and government people are all like gas people all have like like special meetings. Oh, yeah. Not to be full conspiracy guy, but if the gas companies, if the gas companies can make one more penny a gallon by like making bikes illegal and rounding up bicycles and like crushing them all in a steel compactor, they would. And like that's like the that's like the most daunting thing. Even if all the science says like that could end the world, they're like, but you're saying we get an extra penny per stock. Do it, yeah. rip it. Well, I'm not I gonna mean, live know, that long anyway. You know, you know the term jaywalking was invented by the auto industry. You know, in the I don't know the 30s or the 40s or something. It was like, oh yeah, we've got a we, we've got to like demonize people who are walking and getting in the way of cars. They're the they're the you know the the jaywalkers who are constantly breaking the law. That's and- crazy because th- this starts to tie into like everything I hate in life is like that authorizes the cops to arrest people and charge mm-hmm. them fines for money. And as we know, fines uh, just mean if a crime, if the punishment of a crime is a fine, it means it's legal for rich people to do. Yep. And yep. illegal for poor people and dangerous for poor people. But think and- about the streets in a place like New York City that's, you know, an old, old city like here. Like they were not built for cars. Like there's so many, so many people who are like, the car owners in our city, the people that don't want to remove parking space for outdoor dining, they don't want to remove parking space for a bike lane. They think that they're entitled to have parking spaces. Well, guess what? You weren't allowed to park your car in the curb in New York City until the 50s, right? And before, you know, and then a hundred years before that, you know, it was, or, or, or 30 years before that, like it was, you know, we just, we've been watching the Gilded Age, like there's not a lot of cars in the Gilded Age. Like these, these, these uh, streets were built for people Maybe people with horses. Um, and, you know, the cars came in and they invaded and they took over our city. And, you know, Robert Moses, like, just Boo. completely yeah. raised neighborhoods, often African-American neighborhoods, um, completely just got rid of them to build these freeways, wanted to build a freeway through Washington Square Park, and Jane Jacobs started them. But, like, when I biked home from Coney Island uh, last weekend, I took the route, like, all along the southern Brooklyn coast, underneath the Verrazano Bridge. And this is weird neighborhood. It's, like, Gravesend or, like, yeah, yeah. Bay Ridge. And, like, there's very little subway stop, so it's very car-centric, but there's, it's like the, I can't remember the name of the parkway, but there's a parkway that goes along the river. And I was just thinking, like, so much of our beautiful waterfront space, and that space is gorgeous. You're looking out in the bay, it's the Atlantic Ocean, the bridge is there, beautiful Staten Island in the background. Um, and it's like, we put freeways next to all of our rivers. Dude, like, we didn't I, have to do that. As you were saying that, I'm remembering that the BQE runs along the water, that the FDR is runs along the river. Yeah, like West Side that Highway. Could, that could all be housed. Like you could you could move the you can move the road one in and like have people live on the water. Yeah. <laughs> and and even like the greatest bike lane in New York City and maybe the country in terms the of West like Side a, Highway. Like, like yeah, in terms of like a commuter bike lane, I'm sure there's 
gorgeous like rails to trails, you know, and up yeah, in, yeah. Uh, you know, more rural areas. But in terms of like a, a city bike lane, like the West Side Highway is incredible. But you know what? I can't talk to my child when we're biking together unless it's a red light on the West Side Highway because it's a freeway, you know, and right. it smells like a freeway. And it's it's right next to the river, but it's also like right next to a giant highway. And right, there, there's right. there's a there's a term in like urban planning called induced demand, which is the more lanes you add to a car, like it doesn't fix traffic. It just brings more traffic. Because that's uh, what they want know, to do with the 405. They keep talking they about They keep widening it. Right? It's, it's many, already six lanes wide. It's, wide. it's, already, it's already like- with like exits and ent- entrances or like it's like 14 lanes wide and right like six or seven on both sides right and it's congested yeah. at every rush hour yeah and they'll spend billions of dollars millions i don't know maybe yeah, maybe a billion dollars and how know, crazy to, would it to be widen to, it <laughs> how and crazy like, would it be to have like a beachside fucking train that just like ran like like yep. a, a, a a trolley that ran from like San Diego all the way up to fucking Santa Barbara along the beach. Like that would be the or most beautiful like, thing in the world. <laughs> even as like a starting point, like just like maybe like the the center lane of the 405, let that be a, a two-way train, you know? Right, yeah. Uh, you know, g- give give people, like I would love to be able to take a, you know, a, a train to the airport even. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's, it's if, if you get rid of, if you build more lanes of traffic, you're just going to get more traffic. Like the, the BQE is another example. Probably not too far from where you live, but like I lived, where you I lived live. over it. Uh, yeah, in, uh, in Red Hook, and but, I but I you know where to that thing you know in, in um in Brooklyn Heights there where they built like they have this you know gorgeous like Brooklyn Bridge Park there, but there's like the cantilevered part where it's like it's like uh, double decker BQE there for a little while on like the side of the hill. Yeah, yeah. and that is like falling apart and they're going to have to repair it. And there are all these different plans. And one of the plans is like, let's just build a highway on the ground right there, right next to the park. And you know, people don't like that obviously, but like one of the solutions was like, what if we just got rid of it? Like what if the BQE just wasn't there? And we just, you know, and everyone's like, oh no, it's going to be crazy traffic on the streets. And it's like, you know what? The traffic might just go away. Like if we, if we, if you get rid of highways and there's, there's a lot of cities that have done this, that have like corrected their wrongs because in, you know, the sixties or whatever, they just like, built a giant highway through a black neighborhood. I mean, you look at Nashville, you look at a, a, a lot of cities and it's just like everybody built like a ring around their their center of these right, giant yeah. freeways. And it's like, oh, what was there before? Probably where where black and brown people lived. Yeah. Um, and there's been some cases where where they've just like, you know, gotten rid of them or, you know, turned them into like the High Line in Manhattan. And uh, there's been some success there. And it's like, you know what? You can, you can just get rid of roads and you have to build public transportation uh and and alternatives but you know that's one way to do it let's fucking do it let's get after it oh like elon musk i think it was just today he was you know elon musk figured out how to solve traffic which is to build a tunnel underground where it's a one-lane road where teslas can drive um surely that's you know completely going to solve traffic if we could all just take the roads underground and have it's so funny because because what that is is if it is even if it even does work it's solving traffic for a certain class, a certain person, yeah. or a certain class. And you're like, yes, okay, Kanye's not going to have to wait in traffic because he could uh, drive underneath the fucking, okay, cool. Yeah, but that would work. If it's they, if it's tunnels just for rich people that cost a lot of money, then that will sure help the rich people. But, right. you know, it, if <laughs> everybody's using traffic. it, it's, yeah. it's just another lane of traffic. Happens to be underground. one person can skip traffic doesn't mean traffic goes away. <laughs> yeah, but e- Elon came so close to figuring it out. I, I just saw this on Twitter this evening. I think he said it today, but he was like... He 
he was talking about induced demand. What I'm talking about, when you build more roads, you don't solve the problem. Like they say the traffic is like water. Like if you, if, if there's like a dam or whatever, or, or water that's flowing, if you like make the stream wider, you don't get less water, just more water comes in. Like right, the more right. lanes, the more people are like, oh great, I'm going to fill up these lanes because you know, I want to drive my car. Um, and he's like, I, the, he said the concept of induced demand is ridiculous. I mean, you know, that would mean that if we deleted roads, we could just solve the traffic problem. And I don't think people would want to do that. It's like, oh, you're so close to getting it. Like, delete I think a few there are roads. a lot of people who would be down to delete some roads. Yeah. Especially See what your community's those- like. Think about those highways that run like right through a town to like yeah. uh, you, the BQE is a great example, too, where it's like, get, you know, like there that goes right through a, like where people live. Like, that's crazy. That's so loud. It's so dangerous. It's so gross. It's dirty. It's gas. It's oil. It's accidents. It's like, all oh, yeah, that we, shit. we haven't even touched on the other benefit of getting rid of cars is that we're supporting Russia and supporting, you know, <laughs> OPEC and like yeah. all of the evil actors around the world that are profiting. And, and like half of the wars we've been in for the last like 50 years have been about fucking oil. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like we could get off oil. We can get like there's just it. it this is get off oil. Uh, we don't have to buy uh, cars from competitive countries you know what i mean like yeah. uh, we could just fucking we, and we could dominate it like we could the way fucking motown's like have have them build e-bikes for the world chevy's e-bike yeah you know what i mean like well, like you know what uh, my wife went to the car show the the you know international auto show that happens at the javits center because our kids even though they're in this anti-car household cody and i both you know bike everywhere hate cars and and our kids get it um but you know, still, truck goes vroom vroom. I was I like gonna say, to there's no stereotype stronger than yeah. little little boys liking trucks. <laughs> yeah, my four year old has watched Cars one, two, and three eighty times, and you know, they both like Hot Wheels. Uh, so you know, it's fun to go to the auto show, and she's she's gone several years and taking the kids. I took them one year, but um, this year there was an entire section dedicated to e-bikes. So a lot of the car companies are realizing that like that people like there's hot demand. Like I, I I ended up adding a motor to my cargo bike, but I was very close to buying a turn GSD, which is like the Cadillac of the e-cargo bike. And it was gonna the reason I didn't do it is because it cost me seven thousand um, dollars. Wow. Probably but if there's competition, if there's uh, if people start building e-bikes, that the prices will go down yeah. for the consumer. Yeah. And it wasn't a fit for me because I I'm gonna use my e-cargo bike like uh, probably like twice, maybe on a Saturday and a Sunday take the kids somewhere you know april through november when the weather's nice so to me like i couldn't justify that expense but if you are you know if you're a family and you have you you have two cars and if you get rid of one of your cars you know still keep the minivan for your road trips or whatever or the suv for your road trips but hey instead of spending 40 grand on a second car i'll spend seven grand and get an e-cargo bike and that's what i'm going to take to the grocery store and do the kids soccer practices and take the kids to school like it's actually it is a car replacement and the other thing we haven't talked about uh we've given so many pros to uh getting off cars we have we ha- the recent rise in gas prices charlie how has it affected oh, yeah. your life as an e-cargo <laughs> bike rider as as a vegetarian who doesn't buy meat at the grocery store and as uh <laughs> someone who doesn't buy gasoline uh inflation is you know it I, i'm sure it, it is it's affecting all of us i guess but yeah, yeah it's, it's but not, not affecting story, me that badly getting off by having to buy gas is like a, a, yeah. enough of a win there <laughs> well so many of the local news stories about the like crazy gas prices i've been laughing at them because it's like the reporters like interviewing people and 
they're all like, yeah, man, if gas keeps getting higher, I'm just going to have to drive less or I, I might have to start walking. And it's like, yeah, bro. Okay. Great. Great. <laughs> Do it. I, I am so mad. All these states, and I think I think Governor Ho- Hochul here in New York is doing it too, but like all these states are like cutting the gas tax or like giving a rebate to people who, who own cars. It's like, no, it just let it be high. Like when when gas was really high during like the Great Recession, like a lot of people stopped buying cars and they and, and SUVs were like less popular. Like and then immediately when gas gets cheap again, people start buying, you know, cars Bigger with bad and gas mileage. cars. Yeah. yeah. It's fucked up. Uh man, Charlie, this is the exact conversation kind of conversation I wanted to have right now. I'm I'm feeling it, man. Like let's we can make life better for so many people and not even affect other people's lives negatively. Yeah. Like we're talking about like just where a city and state spends its money. It's like that's all we're asking for. Is like, yeah, if you live in rural America, you got to have your car. I get it. But like yeah. cars, I mean, there there's the a podcast that I love called The War on Cars. I uh, highly recommend it if you've been interested in this conversation, check that out. Also check out my podcast Two Beers In. Oh, uh, smart. Where we, yeah. <laughs> we 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 talk we talk about a lot of these like transit issues and on a local level, particularly if you live in New York. Um but uh The War on Cars, they 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 have these stickers um and t-shirts that say cars ruin cities. And I think that like that's just the easiest way to say it. Like, yes, you live in a farm, whatever, you live in the suburbs, I get it, but cars ruin cities. If you're in a dense urban environment, cars are ruining it. There's no need for there to be cars. There's no need for so many cars. Like it should be like weird to see cars. Yeah. And like, uh, and if you make it difficult to drive around, but easy to easy to not drive, if you make it easy to not drive, then like people choose the path of least resistance. If it becomes easier to not drive, people will not drive. It's still just a bit of a hassle in a lot of places. I lived in New York for 12 years without you know, biking. And then Bloomberg's administration built a bunch of bike lanes and pedestrian plazas and I could do it, you know? So like, yeah, yeah it, it's if, minor if, changes if, can really, if you live in Houston or, you know, a city that's like got a bunch of six lane roads everywhere, then yeah, I get it. It's intimidating. It's not safe. Uh, but vote for people who are yeah. pro public transportation, pro bike lanes, pro, pro mixed use development, you know, f- join your local community board, um, you know, figure out who your councilman is or whatever. Stop your, your the local pedophile groomers is. at your local elementary school. Yeah, from. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is like I, I, I love the streets because it's like you can't get more of a hyper local issue than the streets, and it's something that like in this grand scheme of things of like you know Joe Manchin deciding what the Democrats can and cannot do, and just the things that you can't change. Right, uh, shrinking you know, it all the way down to just like the street in front of yeah. your house really makes. Uh, for, first of all, knocks a level of anxiety over because you're like, okay, let's fix this problem. Let's deal with this. I can't help Joe Manchin find a conscience so that we could all maybe help poor people. So I can't do that right now. But what I can do right here is, you know, uh, Hayes Davenport said that to me a long time ago. He's like, yeah, shrink it down to local politics. You start to feel like you could elicit change and you can yeah. help. And uh, if, if, if you show up to your local community board meeting, or if you fill out the, the, the you know, the transit survey that you're, 
the council sends out or your mayor sends out, like not that many people are doing that. And a lot of people who are doing it are old baby boomers who have not been on a bike since the 1960s. And you know, it's if retired you, if, people with time, and mm -hmm. uh, they happen to also be the nimbiest of us all. Yeah, yeah. And for me, like the you know the fact that everything moved to Zoom during the pandemic has been um, incredible because there used to be all these meetings. Like I'm not going to that meeting. I've got to do dinner and bath and books and right. bedtime with my children. And now, you know, I'll just like be listening on Zoom while I'm doing the dishes after dinner and I'll speak and you know, somebody will like complain about cyclists, you know, being not following the rules and I'll, <laughs> I'll like go off mute and be like, yeah, well, that is a problem. But have you noticed that every single intersection in the entire city has cars breaking the rules and like cars are parked <laughs> everywhere and, you know, there's no enforcement and the cops are the worst? Like, you know, and it, like I'm the only person under 50 at any of these meetings, but you got to show up. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard not to get apathetic, but we have to keep fighting even on the smallest dump. And it's just like there's a million fights to fight. So I and yes, someone's going to be like, I can't believe you guys are talking about this and not this problem. Yeah, whatever. Right. There's a million fights to fight. We got to fight them all, you know, one at a time. We line them up <laughs> alphabetical order and let's knock them down. Yeah. Uh, and start start in your neighborhood. But you're yeah, start in your neighborhood, start in your yard. Uh, you're doing uh, another MP3 experiment, correct? Yeah. So actually, so so Improv Everywhere does this annual event, and we haven't been able to do it the last few years because of the pandemic, because it involves getting you know thousands of people together. But I think now that we've learned that the pandemic doesn't really spread outside quite so much, and we're we're emerging from it, uh, we're bringing the event back, and uh, it's a participatory audio adventure where you download our app. It's about an hour long, and it's instructions from a voice synchronized. So we'll have about 2,000 people participating, and everybody's getting the same secret instructions at the same time. And this actually ties into our conversation because this year we're doing it on open streets in the meatpacking district here in Manhattan. Um, so during COVID, we converted a number of streets all over the city to be car-free. And so far, most of them, we lost some of them, but most of them are still there. That's and the awesome. We had slow streets. We had slow streets in uh, L.A. And those are gone work? already. Gone already. <laughs> Uh, there's, there's some, there've been some really great success stories with open streets, um, that have worked in certain neighborhoods and the meatpacking district has been great. Um, they, they closed off, like, you know, they have these cobblestone streets, like there's cars have no business on them anyway. It's, you know, it's people shopping and, and, uh, bachelorette parties and all that. And it's, uh, you know, <laughs> it, they, they've closed off these three streets and we're going to do an event there. So that's uh, so I'm, awesome. So you're saying come down to that at a certain time with your, yeah. MP3 June 8th. player. <laughs> yeah, so if you live in the New York City area or if you can take a train in from Long Island or New Jersey or Westchester, please don't drive your car. Um, come to the event. Uh, there's no parking. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be June 18th at uh, 8.30 at night. And yeah, usually we have a couple thousand people. It's a real it's a real party. Um, and it's just like this weird participatory scavenger hunt. I mean, party. I haven't done that shit in so long. I'm, 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 I'm curious what you guys are up to these days. That's, uh, that's pretty exciting. And uh, anything else you want to plug? So check out, go, ditch your car, ride your bike from Connecticut all the way down to the meatpacking district. <laughs> Do that. No, 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 no. Ride your bike from your home to the train station in Connecticut. Right. Got, okay. Then got take it. the train. Then got get it. a city bike in the city to get from Grand Central down. To the, um, much easier. Much easier. But yeah. get get down there and. Do something in person. Enjoy yeah. being around other people. Yeah. Oh, the only other thing to plug is, yeah, if you're not familiar with Improv Everywhere, go to ImprovEverywhere.com. See, see all the crazy things we've done in public spaces. And I think, like, to tie it to our conversation, like, a lot of the work I've done with that 
almost accidentally because I started it way before I was an anti-car person, but it's, it celebrates public spaces and it shows people doing creative things and comedy and, and public spaces. And then beyond that, my wife, Cody and I, we have a podcast called Two Beers In where we, we get into a lot of transit stuff and, and also national politics and, you know, whatever. It's a tipsy round table on politics. Yeah. So the premise, <laughs> well, I did a previous high and mighty episode about beer, uh, years ago and yeah, we- All right. The- beer, hot tubs, and, uh, yeah, this is number cars- three. Suck. Holy shit. The trilogy. Just to give a, a very quick update, I'm not as obsessed with beer as I was, whatever that was, five years ago when I was on your show, <laughs> but I am drinking one right now. Um, but, I, you know, I, I'm not gamifying beer anymore. Are I you don't still, re- are you a big sour head these days? I don't like sour beers. No, I'm yeah, still yeah. IPA, all day IPA. Hell yeah. By the way, you, specifically, Founders has a beer called All Day Haze. Have you had it yet? No, I like their All Day IPA. I've not had the All Day, day IPA. Haze. It's great. It's a standard. It's reliable. All Day Haze. It's a little more alcohol, not much. It's still like a session beer, and it tastes incredible. I so, had one of my favorite beers I've ever had in Hawaii. Maui Brewing Company had oh. like Karashin Lager. It was a Japanese style rice lager, and I'm a little gluten issued. And they were it was okay. Going, it was like a it, it was like a more tasteful bud, and nice. it went down really well. And I had like I, I drank like a hundred in the. I know you're mostly <laughs> off off beer, so I'm yeah, glad you yeah. found, found so, a beer that works. That was rad. Uh, so sorry. So you're no longer gamifying beer. Still IPA guy, but yeah. you got to have a couple when you're talking politics with your wife. It's always nah, yeah, that. Nah. <laughs> that's well, what your therapist yeah. recommends. Is my drunk. pandemic, <laughs> my pandemic area drinking is like have one beer a night rather than like have five beers three nights a week, and yeah. it's much better. It's yeah. much better for you. And yeah. Oh yeah. You're gonna live a little longer, and uh, yeah. you're gonna be able to talk way later into life. Yeah. Alcohol is poison, but it's amazing poison. Yeah. Just a little <laughs> bit of poison. Uh, and then my final update, which you know, just for the people that listen to the hot tub episode is that I got a hot tub. I and that's so fucking <laughs> awesome. You got <laughs> I'm one of the rare the rare hot tubs uh in the island of Manhattan, I think, but I'm I'm lucky enough to have a little bit of outdoor space and I got an inflatable hot tub, which is like a three hundred dollar Walmart product. But uh <laughs> it's we, still alive, right? It's still there. It's still Yeah. Well I take it down. I only have it up like December through February. Like dead uh, of winter. Like there's snow on the ground and I'll go out there with my kids and it's incredible. Oh, that makes sense because it's like you don't really want to go sit out there when it's nice out and shit. Yeah, or when it's or when it's yeah. hot and humid or whatever. But right. yeah. So yeah, check out inflatable hot tubs, use promo code Mighty. And- I, I love the idea that you have like updates on pre and then you're gonna come on in like uh two years and be like, cars actually kind of rule, bikes are whack. <laughs> like- never, never, never. <laughs> Um, well, Charlie, thank you so much for coming on High and Mighty. Uh, I appreciate you uh, doing this. It's always fun to catch up with you. Uh, anytime Rogers talk, you talk to Rogers, I h- hear about it because we're constantly updating on what's Charlie Todd up to because we miss you, dog. Well, next time you're in the area, take the Long Island Railroad into town, and we'll go on a walk in Central Park. Oh, fuck yeah! I will take you up on that. You know I will. I like. I love to walk. Hey. And in New York City, you can walk and smoke weed now, too. I, you can't drink a beer in the street, but you can smoke a joint in the street. <laughs> I know. It's so crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It'll all change. Eventually, we'll just be like fucking Mardi Gras everywhere until the fucking world ends. <laughs> uh, I, hey, Gamers has some plugs. I have a new TV show coming out this summer called 101 Places to Party Before You Die, July 14th, 1030 premiere on True TV, uh, get cable and get it. If not, go watch it at your mom's house or a hospital waiting room where they are playing True. Round the clock uh, and uh, Action Boys on Patreon. Bye, shitheads! 
That was a HeadGum Podcast. In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. Holy I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. Oh, people are loving this movie. <laughs> see, I see. It's got a lot of heart. You're mentally irregular. <laughs> now, somewhere... Somehow, body blow, body blow, body someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to like see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. <laughs> it's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. Oh, there's a fantasy component. Yeah. There's some yeah. sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. bam, bam. There's a new game in town. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. What? I don't hate them, but I've been in a room <laughs> Yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs> Action, boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now.